0: good morning and welcome to worship welcome to those who are joining us on our radio broadcast and welcome to those of you who are joining us through our website as we are separated these days we are still connected by the Holy Spirit and it is my prayer for you for us that you will feel the power of that connection that you will feel the love of your community of faith, that you will feel my love, our love, and that you will feel God's presence with you wherever you are this morning. On our website, we will continue to create and provide more worship opportunities for you and resources, and you will be hearing from us in the days and weeks ahead so that we can try to embody the power of the Holy Spirit's connection and embody our love for one another. Today, for worship, I encourage you to light a candle if you can, and to gather some bread and wine or juice so that you can celebrate communion wherever you are, whether you're home by yourself or with others. Um, that meal connects us together, too, as the body. Of Christ so we begin our worship this day connected together as we gather in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit amen please join me in a prayer of confession gracious God in this time of uncertainty we pray for your presence your love and your grace as we confess that there are ways we have turned away from you knowingly and unknowingly. We've let our fear rule us and have strayed from loving all people and all of your creation. Turn us back to you, O God. Give us new and hope-filled hearts that we may live boldly as your people, as your disciples in and for our world. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Hear now, O people of God, this proclamation. Receive this good news. God turns to you in love, and all your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the free and abounding gift of God's grace for you, for me, for all. Amen. We join together. In singing our gathering hymn in the cross of Christ, I glory. That's hymn number 324 for those of you who happen to have a hymnal at home. and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: And also with you.
0: prayers O god and come among us by your gracious life and death for us bring light into the darkness of our hearts and anoint us with your spirit for you live and reign with the father and the holy spirit one god now and forever amen our first reading For today is taken from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, where Paul reminds us that we live in the divine light, which is Jesus Christ, and therefore we strive to conduct our lives in ways that reflect that light. A reading from Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 8. Once you were in darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what some people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light." Therefore, it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. We join together in singing our gospel acclamation Return to the Lord. to welcome barbara salsa who will share our gospel reading and reflection with us today welcome barbara
2: thank you and it is a very long gospel so i invite all of you to sit down uh, instead of staying standing thank you the holy gospel according to the gospel of john
0: glory to you o Lord. lord
2: walking down the street Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no cause and effect here. Look instead for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here working while the sun shines. When night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I am in the world, there is plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this and then spit in the dust, made a clay paste with the saliva, rubbed the paste on the blind man's eyes, and said, go wash at the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. The man went and washed and saw. Soon the town was buzzing. His relatives and those who year after year had seen him as a blind man begging were saying, why isn't this the man we knew who sat here and begged? Others said, it's him all right. But others objected. It's not the same man at all. It just looks like him. He said, it's me, the very one. They said, how did your eyes get opened? A man named Jesus made a paste and rubbed it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. I did what he said. When I washed, I saw. So where is Jesus? I don't know. They marched the man to the Pharisees. This day, when Jesus made the paste and healed his blindness, was the Sabbath. The Pharisees grilled him again on how he had come to see. He said, Jesus put a clay paste on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, obviously this man can't be from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others countered, how can a bad man do miraculous God revealing things like this. There was a split in their ranks. They came back to the blind man. You're the expert. He opened your eyes. What do you say about him? He said, he's a prophet. The Jews didn't believe it, didn't believe the man was blind to begin with. So they called the parents of the man, now bright-eyed with sight. They asked them, is this your son? The one you say was born blind? So how is it that he now sees? His parents said, we know he is our son, and we know he was born blind, but we don't know how he came to see, haven't a clue about who opened his eyes. Why don't you ask him? He's a grown man and can speak for himself. His parents were talking like this because they were intimidated by the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who took a stand that this was the Messiah would be kicked out of the meeting place. That's why his parents said, ask him, he's a grown man. The Pharisees called the man back a second time, the man who had been blind, and told him, give credit to God. We know this man is an imposter. He replied, I know nothing about that one way or the other, but I know one thing for sure. I was blind. I now see. They said, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? I've told you over and over, and you haven't listened. Why do you want to hear it again? Are you so eager to become his disciples? With that, they jumped all over him. You might be a disciple of that man but we're disciples of Moses. We know for sure that God spoke to Moses, but we have no idea where this man even comes from. The man replied, this is amazing. You claim to know nothing about him, but the fact is, he opened my eyes. It's well known that God isn't at the beck and call of sinners, but listens carefully to anyone who lives in reverence and does his will. That someone opened the eyes of a man born blind has never been heard of, ever. If this man didn't come from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. The Pharisees said, you're nothing but dirt. How dare you take that tone with us? Then they threw him out on the street. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and went and found him. He asked him, do you believe in the Son of Man? The man said, point him out to me, sir, so that I can believe in him. Jesus said, you're looking right at him. Don't you recognize my voice? Master, I believe, the man said, and worshiped him. Jesus then said, I came into the world to bring everything into the clear light of day, making all the distinctions clear, so that those who have never seen will see, and those who have made a great pretense of seeing will be exposed as blind. Some Pharisees overheard him and said, Does that mean you're calling us blind? Jesus said, If you were really blind, you would be blameless. But since you claim to see everything so well, you're accountable for every fault and failure. The Gospel of the Lord. This scripture reminds me of the story of the six blind men who feel different parts of an elephant and conclude something completely different depending on what part of the elephant that they are touching. The scripture of the blind man also has six participants. There are the disciples, the neighbors, the family, the Pharisees, the blind man, and Jesus himself. The story is about a blind man whose sight is restored. On the other hand, it's also apparent that the blind man isn't the only one with the seeing problems. No one else seems to see what's going on around them. It starts with the disciples, who want Jesus to explain the cause of the man's blindness. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? causing him to be born blind. You see, at that time, suffering was believed to be a sign of God's anger and punishment for sins. The disciples want a clear cause and effect explanation of God's relationship to human suffering. Jesus resists being pulled into that kind of an explanation. And then there are the blind man's neighbors, who don't see any better But rather, they're debating whether or not this is the same guy, that blind beggar that they have seen and known for years, even though he is saying that he is. They're not celebrating with him, but debating if it even is him. The beggar's parents can't see clearly either. They're too worried about saying anything that would lead to their being cut off from their friends or expelled from their community, from the synagogue. As our gospel states, his parents were intimidated by the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who took a stand that this was the Messiah would be kicked out of the meeting place. That's why his parents said, ask him, he's a grown man. Now, granted, being kicked out of the synagogue is serious, but isn't refusing to help your child even more so? Surprisingly, even the man who has his sight restored has trouble seeing what has happened to him. He can't even say who or where Jesus is, the one who has just healed him. And the Pharisees have the worst vision of all. They ask the formerly blind man for an explanation. And he says, he put a clay paste on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. So now we pause for the gasp, the awe, the applause, the standing ovation, but none of it comes. No recognition, no celebration. Apparently, Jesus failed to consult the healing handbook and should have realized that were he to perform a miracle, he should at all cost avoid doing such a thing on the Sabbath. The Pharisees say that this was not something from God because God wouldn't be caught dead doing something like this on the Sabbath. What the Pharisees see and hear doesn't match the rules they've been living by. They can't believe that God's healing power could come through anyone but themselves. They argue that laws have been broken, and they really bristle when asked if perhaps they wanted to become Jesus' disciples too. They, of all people, do not need Jesus. Let me give you an illustration about the absurdity of this response. Suppose the Wakanda swimming pool has a sign that reads, Rescues performed by certified lifeguards only. You never really think about that rule until one day you dive off the board, hit your head on the bottom, and black out 12 feet under. Unfortunately, the lifeguards are off gathered around a phone watching a YouTube video, Next thing you know, you're on the cement, coughing up water. Someone has rescued you. And when the lifeguards appear, the guy who pulled you out of the water disappears. As you come to your senses, you tell the story of what happened. But rather than rejoice, people step back and shout, doesn't count, doesn't count, it wasn't official, wasn't legal, That, that rescuer wasn't certified. Couldn't this guy read? Didn't he know he wasn't allowed to do a water rescue here? I mean, that scenario is ridiculous, right? So I'm left wondering who this story could really be about. Who is blind here anyway? And who can see? And I'm beginning to wonder if perhaps this story could actually be describing us. Are we the ones who lack vision? Like the disciples in this story, we try to make God fit into easy definitions and simplistic rules about the cause of suffering. We don't see how God responds to the brokenness in our world without needing to blame. Haven't we seen it in the outbreak of this COVID-19? We have heard that it's a political conspiracy as well as a punishment from God Our vision is so small that we have to try and fit our fear into a box of blame. Like the blind man's neighbors, we don't see God's work in this world. Like the man's family, even when we believe that God has made a difference in our lives, we're afraid to talk about it. Like the man whose sight was restored, we don't always acknowledge or notice what God has done for us. And even like the Pharisees in this story, we don't see our need for God's help. We want to control the world around us and how the world operates. But this coronavirus has let us know that we are not in control. Gathering together for fellowship and worshiping our Savior is a critical component of our faith lives But that being said, God is not kept in a box. God is with us. Emmanuel, God with you, right where you are, wherever you are. God is found in relationships, in the caring for one another. God is found in the neighbors, in the ways that we care for one another, sometimes by not going out and socializing these days, but also by doing such things as still ordering food from local establishments. It's by purchasing gift certificates from local restaurants and businesses that bring them income now that you can use to maybe purchase items later. Emmanuel, God with us, all of us. So who's blind? those who don't believe that God can heal the blind man, or those who say they believe in God's power but never look for it in their own lives. None of us is as blind as those who won't see. We are the ones whose seeing is sometimes impaired. We are the ones who live as if the light was still not always shining for us. We sometimes lack vision. And when we lack vision, we also miss the source of our light, the source of our healing. We miss seeing the wonder and the mystery of God's love for the world. So back to our gospel reading. Who is the story about? It's not really about the disciples, the neighbors, his family, the Pharisees, or the blind man himself. Finally, it's not even about us. The story is really about Jesus. This story is about the light of the world which shines in the darkness. It's fascinating to me to see how the blind man's faith grows throughout the story. He doesn't initially notice who Jesus is. And then when the Pharisees ask him where Jesus is, he says, I don't know. Later, when he's confronted to confess what he thinks about Jesus, the best he can do is say he is a prophet. A little later, he describes what Jesus has done for him by saying, I was blind, but now I see. Later still, he can admit that if Jesus were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. But it's not until the end of the story, when Jesus comes to the man, when Jesus finds him, that he's able to say, Master, I believe. True vision True insight comes when God comes to us. Like the man in this story today, we too have been washed in the healing waters. We've been baptized into the one who was sent to be our light. And we can see that the source of our light is Jesus. What's even better, Jesus sees us. Jesus comes to us as he did to the blind man bringing us sight and insight. Jesus comes to be our light, and because the light of the the world shines for us, we can also shine for the world around us. We can have vision. Our vision can be stretched to all of the places of our world that need God's enlightenment. We can live as children of the light, as our reading from Ephesians describes. What does it mean to live as children of the light? It means to shine for the world with God's light, just as the moon moon shines as it reflects the light of the sun. To live as children of the light is to witness to the good news that we were blind and now we see, and in so doing, to share the light of Christ. The blind man's witness was simple. He just described his own experience. Though I was blind, now I see. He wasn't the most theologically trained member of his society, or even the most devout of the characters that we meet in this story. But he could describe in simple terms what God had done for him. All we're called to do is the same. We're called to describe simply what we have experienced, Has God ever forgiven you? Have you ever had hope in a seemingly hopeless place? Have you ever had the strength to endure suffering? Have you ever known a peace that passes understanding? Bear witness to that gospel. Let God's light shine through you. You have been washed in the healing power of God's new light. You have been washed in the one who was sent for us, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Through you, Jesus is healing the blindness of our lives and shining among God's people here. May your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven.
0: Amen. Thank you, Barb, for your message, for this food for our soul, and for shining your light among us. We sing together um, our song for the day, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. together in prayer. O God of insight, we pray for all who gather in worship today, wherever they may be. Connect us together as the body of Christ, even with such physical distance between us. Lead us to continue to serve others in our world with deeds of love and mercy, with Generosity and compassion shine your light on those close to us Whom we can reach out to and provide light Raise up voices in your church that are often silenced or overlooked Due to age gender expression race or economic status Help us to hear one another to see one another to honor one another and to always give thanks for one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of insight, empower us to care for each other, for the land, for all living things that dwell in it and beneath it. Provide rich soil for crops to grow, bring rain to lands suffering drought, protect hills and shorelines from damage caused by erosion. Be with our human sisters and brothers who fight illness, who mourn the death of loved ones, who serve as medical professionals, who lead organizations, communities, nations. Guide them in wisdom and compassion. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of insight, bring peace to all people. Anoint leaders who seek goodness, righteousness, and truth on behalf of all. Frustrate the efforts of those who would seek to cause violence or terror. Come quickly to all who seek prayer this day as we lift up from our own community Lynn Borsharding, Kelly Schull, Lonnie Maves, Billy Burke, Carolyn Barnhart, Steve Terry, Marilyn Lee, Ruth Gilbertson, Avis Smithback, Mary Anderson, and her family who gather around her hospital bed in her last days. We lift up the Siegley family in the death of Stacy's mother, Avis. And we take a moment now in silent prayer to name our own concerns. Oh God, accomplish healing. Through the work of doctors, nurses, physical therapists, nutritionists, and all who tend to human bodies, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of insight, help us to celebrate the unique gifts of every person, no matter their physical capacity, cognitive ability, or sensory need. Help us to be creative and brave in making our ministries accessible to all, especially now in these days as we are separated. According to your steadfast love, O God, hear these and all our prayers as we commend them to you now, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Wherever you are, I invite you to share a sign of peace, and I teach you once again what Pastor Sarah taught us last week, um, the sign language for peace, and I'll see if I can remember, the peace of the Lord be with you all. If you are gathered in your home by those whom you can share a sign of peace, I invite you to do so. Otherwise, we share the peace with you wherever you are gathered, wherever you are. And to those upstairs in our balcony, peace be with you. Peace be with you. As we sing our offertory, I encourage you to think about your own generosity and the unique ways to which you are called and empowered to be generous. We welcome your offerings to OSL and to our shared ministry. You are invited to send in your offering or use our online giving option. While we sing, I invite you to gather bread and some wine or juice so that we prepare now together. To celebrate the meal of Holy Communion, we join in singing our offertory. God you set a table where we feast as friends prepare us to witness to your goodness with every gift you have given us to share that all people may know your peace through Jesus Christ now and forever amen we remember this day In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this. For the remembrance of me. We are gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. So we pray together as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever amen as our worship leaders share an offering of music i invite you now to share holy communion with those who are gathered with you or receive the gift of communion yourself The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Much. Thanks To our musicians this morning, Pastor Sarah Miller on piano, thank you. Much thanks to Barbara Salsa for your word of encouragement and hope and good news for us this day. And for all you'll share that message with in the coming days too. To all who gather wherever you are for worship, we send you our love and our prayers and um, one way in which i wish to do so is a practice from our household when our daughter was younger and i would come back from a run too sweaty for her to want to make physical contact with me we practiced the air hug and so i send to you all a big air hug and to all of you gathered here until I can hug you in person more closely, we send you our love. Our final song for this day is the hymn Awake O Sleeper Rise From Death, hymn number 452. We sing together. god for you until we see you again face to face be light for the world